Hey everyone, it's Andy. Enjoy the absolute hubris at the beginning of this episode where I say there were no audio problems and uh, you shouldn't say that before you start editing stuff in a brand new program. <laughs> anyway, I apologize that the podcast is a day late and uh, enjoy the very silly nature of having been so excited about no current issues. And welcome to the pod. JJ? We... Yes, Andrew? Hello? Hello? I don't know how we did it, but we have no audio malfunctions or issues trying to record on a brand new computer the first go we did it all right sound part of sirens <laughs> you know i have to tell you something display now. the mission accomplished banner <laughs> we don't we don't usually acknowledge audio malfunctions but right when you said we did it in the middle of it it sounded like this we did it it uh, that's not me. That's Discord. <laughs> yeah, but it was really funny because my heart sank for about a uh, thirty-five milliseconds when I was like, "No, we started the podcast and now it's gonna fail." Hello, everyone. Welcome to We Were Gamers. It's uh, Andy and JJ. We're here. We're here. Hello. We're we here. are. We. Uh, Michael's not with us today. It's a holiday. Uh, so hopefully he's off having a lot of fun. That's what I have to say about that. Having a lot of fun, being socially distant from whomever it is that he's having fun with. You know, um, yeah, I think they're, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. He's on assignment. <laughs> yeah, I That's like it. A, on assignment. On assignment. Uh, welcome everybody. It's a holiday weekend, but hopefully you guys are having a good time. Some warm weather out there. Stay hydrated and get in a pool or something if you can. It's going to be a hot one this week. And, uh, that's your weather minute for We Were Gamers. Uh, <laughs> podcast where we talk about weather. Uh huh. Oh, wait, no. No, that's no not I'm just stalling. I'm really, I'm, I'm so abundantly excited to talk about this computer and how it's working. Everything on it went well. Um, there's going to be a video. Let's just start with that. There's going to be a video of a computer build that the We Were Gamers crew did. All three of us on. We did it. Let's see. Yes, let's go again. Roll out the banner. (laughs) I I wonder if I can get an air horn sound effect because I feel like we really need it on this podcast more than we've used it. Eh, maybe, but also like, let's not blow up people's headphones. Oh, yeah. Turn it up to the max, you know? No? Just, like, destroy the levels completely with <laughs> an air horn that's, like, five decibels louder than the next loudest sound on the entire thing. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, first off, we're telling you this on a podcast that we built it because we're going to talk about the computer build, I'm sure. And that video, JJ, um, it's not going to be up right away. Yeah. It's... uh. I work in video production and uh, sometimes things aren't as easy as you'd hope. Like 
when you have a mini HDMI cable and you've never used this device that you want to use and it needs a micro HDMI cable. Stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, but, we did, you know, we we made it work, right? But we Absolutely. Yeah. But there's uh there's multiple video sources, multiple audio sources, and I uh as we've said, moved to a new computer. So, I'm actually excited about doing this, but uh I'm going to move to a new video editing software with this new computer called DaVinci, which is um it's a professional grade nonlinear editor with a lot more tools and everything else like that. And I'm going to use this computer build as a test run or a, a learning experience, I guess not a test run. Cause I'm not going back. I'm going to learn this new thing. And uh, so hopefully it goes up soon, but we're going to, we're going to explore that and try and make cooler, better video stuff for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Very that actually cool. goes to our pre-podcast conversation. Uh, it might make it easier to now with that program have the photo for YouTube in there because then I can just edit the audio in the program along with. Normally, I'd have to dump it to Audacity first, but this DaVinci program has an audio editing suite built into it. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's like an all-in-one type system that uh, they these uh, Blackmagic design people have decided to build out, and I want to give it a shot, so that cool. yeah that Very should be cool. fun mm-hmm. it should be fun uh so yeah we're going to talk about the build it went really well from a this is going to be like extended component class isn't it <laughs> yeah it is it is yeah I, I think the hardware side went well maybe we don't spoil too much of that but well i mean you know like the components were assembled yeah uh i was talking yeah, I, I, mean... I was talking with someone over the weekend and they were like you built your own computer and a few of us had done it before uh, on this chat. And they, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's like adult Legos, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it's hard. I, there are bigger consequences for messing up. Sure. But it's not that hard to not mess up. It's if, hard as long as you do, know generally what you're doing. It's hard to do those Legos if you don't know how things go, right? Like mm-hmm, if somebody mm-hmm. gave you a Lego Millennium Falcon uh, UCS one and they didn't give you instructions or poly separated bags or whatever you'd be kind of like lost in the weeds right but yeah i mean uh, there's so many pieces in that thing you're just right right and that's what you would look at if you dumped every screw that comes with all the parts for a computer on a table right but that's this stuff comes i I think a computer is significantly easier than that actually sure (laughs) sure that helps Um, make my point but yeah 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 it's like if you took every component and Ship, uh, took them out of all their boxes and dumped them in one giant pile somehow, disregarding the fact that they're like sold, separated, and like you know put in individual bags or, or separated in various like you know organized in various ways. If you unorganized all of them, it might make your life kind of tough. But yeah, there's no reason to do that because they did all the organization for you in a lot of cases. Well, it's spun up. It's running like a champ. I'm working on it. JJ, it's so quiet compared to the last one. That's so cool. quiet. One of the problems with the, I loved building in a mini ITX case, which was my last case. Uh, it fit a full video card in it. So I was always gaming on it. You know, it was fantastic. It was a real computer in a small desktop case. Um, I want to point this, out that. Uh, hold on for sorry. I don't okay. know the terminology there. Okay, you just like kind of glaze. Yes, yes, right yes. You're it. right. You're right. This is a good podcast uh, for doing that. Mini- this is the extended 
component class episode. Interrupt and clear it up every time. Yeah, so so mini ITX there is like a classification of size of like computer boxes, right? Uh, it's the so, board size, right? Uh, the motherboard size, right. yes. But then like the motherboard side, uh, size also generally determines the size of the box you get. Although obviously you can put smaller motherboards in bigger boxes sometimes if you want. Most of the time they'll give you extra spacers or you can move the spacers around to uh to post to, to fit any board yeah uh they may not allow you to fit anyone for instance like if you have a full size full atx tower uh they may not have like for instance the holes for a mini itx um but generally like if you have a mini or a regular itx size case you will probably be able to also fit a mini sized motherboard in there as well right yeah mm-hmm um, of course. And I believe the, the stratification goes mini ITX, ITX, ATX, Actually, I think, and then full? Yeah. Something like that? There's uh, there's actually a thin mini ITX, which is a flat. The uh, the stack of, of connections on the back of the mini ITX, uh, they flatten them out so that they, they're thin. They're, they basically can't reach more than two USBs off the back of the board. Yeah. Uh, so that's the smallest. Then there's the mini ITX, micro uh, ATX, mini ATX. Yeah. Yeah. It's like ATX is the big one, and ATX, basically. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, like micro ATX and then mini ITX. And each successive one uh, uses more power because it has more stuff on it. Uh, yeah. The bigger it is, the more power, right? That's just right. general. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of the hardware, I actually sent you a photo and I'm going to describe it live. Inside okay. this case. Um, I have fit, I guess you would say five fans, but really four fans. Cause one's a CPU radiator, right? Um, mm-hmm. so the four fans, we, we did one of the four fans live. And then I said, you know, this is gonna be really boring for people if we do all four fans. So I'll do the other three later at the front of the case behind this wiring thing. I don't know if you remember while we were building it, but next, almost exactly next to this wiring stack that's in the middle of the case. If you go to our Instagram, you can see a big white strip that runs through the computer. And that's kind of like a, a piece of metal that they stuck into this thing. So you can hide all your wires and make it look nice and clean. It's like a cable guide. Yeah. It's a, you with all the good words explaining. It's literally what they call these things. I, I understand. That's what they call yes, them. You're yeah. doing a good job. I'm complimenting you. Thank you. Gosh. Ugh. So if you remember, there were little black fans butting up against this. They were facing that direction because you could use the other side of that to mount more uh, hard drives if you wanted to. Right. Yes. I couldn't decide, so I flipped the cage around and moved the fans further out. Okay. What do you think? Well, I mean, you mean moving the fans further out? Or... Yeah. Did you like them f- with f- closer in, or should they be just further out like they are there? So I can't, uh, I can't see. I don't think the angle of this so the shows fans... me the video card. So I don't see so, anything with the fans. So the fans are on the right hand side there of this picture. Uh, well, they they would be, but I can't see them in this picture. Right? You can kind of see them. They're, they're like the gray items on the right with the white with the white tips, which are the shock absorbers. It was really hard to get this picture without the glare. Maybe I can take another one. <laughs> I think the I'm the picture you sent me has 
the video card, RAM, I see the CPU cooler, and the white cable guy. Okay, I, I took a new one. Here. This is good audio. Great audio. Yeah. Uh uh, but in general, the fans oh, okay. were... Okay, no, no, no. I, I do see it. I do see it. In the general, you could see... Basically, the fans were pushed out so you could see the entire fan. Are fans cool enough that we should see the full fan like that? Or uh, does this provide any more air travel or airflow to have moved the fans forward, do you think? It's no different. Okay. In terms of, like, the fan flows or whatever? Right. Not Not relevant. Not relevant Push at all. or not, whatever. Yeah. I okay. I don't think it matters. Okay. That cage that would have hold, held, like, standard-sized hard drives uh-huh. uh, is in most, like, size, you know, decently-sized cases. Oh, yeah? Right? Um, like, that's just how they, they mount them now because mm-hmm. you can feed, like, the cage faces a different direction from the rest of the C- the computer. Right. And so you can feed all the cables to the back non-open side of your case. Right. And then they run over, you know, over to the power supply, and then your cables go, you know, connect to the motherboard on the side there. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to see the hard drives all over your case or like wires from them all over the case. Uh, so that's why th- it's mounted that way in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not planning to install any hard drives, and that M2 is, you know, going to be big enough for you, then you know, you don't they, they take that thing have... out. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't yeah. hurt anything. Yeah, they also have two uh, mounting cases. Actually, I was going to ask you about this. Uh, on the back of the computer, there's no uh, real reason I can't. Hmm, what's the what's the right way to ask this question? Your Honor, you're leading the witness. I know, I know. I I was thinking about uh, how much space I would need. I have 500 gigs on this this new car, this new M2 drive that we installed, which was maybe mm-hmm. weirdly the easiest part of the install, even though we got lost missing the post there for a minute. So I'm thinking of plugging in a second uh, Samsung SSD. Yeah, I, in I the think, back of it. I think you should. I, I think 500 is not going to be enough. Long really? Time. Yeah. Five hundred is pretty small. I think the SSD I have right now is a terabyte. Yeah, and I have I have an additional like two terabytes on Man, top of that. M twos are so expensive in that size, though. That terabyte. Well, so none of these are M twos. You're all of SATA's, right? M twos. Yeah. So right. I have a SATA, and then the two terabyte one is actually like an old spinning disk. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, the the one terabyte one is a is an SSD. Man, it's my, good. my computer's so much quieter and I, I attribute that to removing spinning disks from it entirely. Oh yeah. Removing a hard drive makes significant difference. And I mean, the fans are, are, are noise also and removing or removing them or replacing them with quieter ones yeah. can make a difference. Well, I, you know, I went straight to those bigger fans. So they had to spin less, right? Uh, 140s instead of 120s and then i think it's quieter now that you're not doing anything but like when you fire up that video editing software and you we're know, gonna try to ch- we're gonna test it with halo tonight man i'm gonna we're gonna test it with halo i'm gonna do it we'll see yeah we'll see but yeah, yeah like you know you should definitely fire it up and try like max res all special effects or whatever yeah i'm very curious to see how the 4k or whatever I'm, i'll be very curious to see how how it all goes because um Windows added like a uh, a gaming overlay and you can kind of see what your usages are and everything else like that. And I was playing State of Decay over the weekend and um, I kind of took some 
some benchmarks of the old PC and what it was doing with uh, that game. So I'm very curious to see what it's doing, what it'll be doing with this game and, uh, you know, not having that computer with its fans on max, how much louder it'll be, or if it's the same, we'll see. Um, Mm -hmm. back to my question. I've run a few things through that cable guide that we were just talking about. Is there any reason that you can possibly think of that plugging in SATA's not in the MOBO order would be a problem? I.e., SATA 1 is kind of blocked by that dual USB 3 front stack connection. So the easiest one to get to is USB si- or, uh, SATA 6. Nah, it shouldn't matter. Right, they should all be... So uh, the, the thing that will matter, right, mm-hmm. is boot order so i you, you'll have to go into the bios uh to figure it out but like if you plug that sata in is it going to boot off that before the m2 and that'll just slow I, my boot right no it will just not boot because it'll try and look on the sata and then like oh, go okay. like where's my operating system dude and it's not there well i have it set so, to uefi only so Right. Well, so you'll be able to get into the UEFI BIOS, and then you can mess with these settings, and then you'll figure it out. Like it's it's just going to be a setting, right? You'll yeah. turn it on. It's like drag the SATA six below the M two, and then you're done. Okay. Um, All right. But but yeah, in or, terms it'll, of the, or it'll uh, fail, and then fail over to the next one, right? I don't know, like what. In terms of a SATA controller, though, like having six SATA connections, you don't think they have dumbed down some of the other ones? I don't know about like. SATA controllers and which ones are faster and whether there are preferred ports or whatever. Got it. I would imagine that if you have one thing plugged in, it would treat the one thing as well as any other one, any uh, any other one thing. Okay, great. You would hope that's how it's designed. I would hope so, but okay. Well, we did this. We, I've kind of finished that computer build on Sunday, but then came the installs uh, Windows went exceedingly well because I just decided to use G2A to get a Windows key for a couple bucks. I don't know how they do it, but I did it and it works. Uh, G2A is a gray market key seller, so unclear. Unclear. Uh, you know, so unclear. Uh, but you know, I mean, uh, you have a key now. Um, Make sure. I hope you uh, didn't give G two A like your credit card info or anything. That would no, be I used uh, I used a account they can't get through, right? Like a PayPal or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, cool. I Great. don't know. I mean, I feel Whatever. like I have I, uh, that website exists. Is what I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it does. Uh, I think it's a case where. Uh, specifically windows keys and like for you know the, the legality of getting windows on your pc microsoft doesn't care too much anymore i think about like individual consumers running windows they mm-hmm. want you to of course they really want the enterprise people running windows but they they want the the enterprise money more and there are I don't want to say loopholes, but there are ways to get free copies of Windows 10, even today. And I think they work fine, but the problem is they are just annoying. (laughs) It's just like, 
you know, it's a trade off of time versus, you know, other stuff. Right. So, yeah. So this was, you a didn't want to spend the, yeah, you didn't want to spend the time very reasonable, especially since the other process probably would have been like, you know, a couple hours on top of whatever other time you had to spend. Yeah. Um, well, and so now it's, pretty, it's always reasonable. a key that will work. Right. Yeah. So I'm not all the way sure what happens if you try to transfer a windows 10 license. I think you have to call windows or uh, Microsoft, you know, their yeah, special but, windows line. If you try to use it again, it'll say like, this isn't the computer this is on. Are you, right. are you sure that this is the right key? And then you say, yeah, I'm trying to move computers. And they give you a phone number in the install to call, to unbind it to yeah. and rebind it. But that's only if you bought a non OEM copy. If you know what I mean, like a, like, like when you're you, Dell, you own one, when you buy a yeah. Dell and it comes with Windows, you can't take that copies of Windows with you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if you went to, you know, Amazon and bought a full CD of Windows, you could take that with you. You just have to keep, you know, releasing it from its previous computer, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So that's what I've done before with that. Anyway, that's too much time spent on Windows because literally it's too much time spent on Windows. Yeah, I mean, it's just an annoying problem that you have to get around. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you are, you know, you can totally buy copies of Windows, like direct, like individual single copies. Yeah. They're like a hundred bucks or something in that realm, I think. Um, You know, and like I said, there are ways to get that stuff for free. Right. Uh, I'm also pretty sure there are ways to pay way less than that. (laughs) <laughs> or if you buy, like, there are some cases where you can buy, like, software or whatever, and then it just comes with a copy of Windows. Oh, really? It's like, oh, d- did you want to buy, like, Word or something? And then it's like, here's a free copy of Windows. And you're like, really? Oh, what? Huh. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't yeah. know. There's, there's a, it is something you have to do. But, yeah, like you said, we probably spent too much time on it. <laughs> I made a. I made a boo-boo. I made my computer make a sound. Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know. I Windows is just its own thing. Did you know that there are, like, multiple places it hides apps now? Because it's kind of like a mobile thing also. Yeah. So, like... I really don't like the... I don't know what is whatever they call Windows settings now. Oh yeah, it's terrible. I'm not a big fan of the way they've organized it. And like, I, there's a few things I can find in there, and it works. But like half the time, I just end up like then going and opening old control panel, which you can still get to. Yep. And then using that to like find the exact setting that I needed because I know where it is in that one. <laughs> when I set up a new computer, I'm extremely meticulous about what's installed on it, and. I really don't try to install anything extra, no extra drivers, no extra apps. Um, And the way that Windows comes now is just like they preload all these shortcuts to apps that aren't even really there. So like... Do you want a Microsoft OneDrive link to all your OneDrives? Right, but like until you click OneDrive, it's just sitting there as a 16 kilobyte piece of picture. It's not really there so like what about your mail and your maps 
Yeah. And your messaging. Mm-hmm. Did you know, hey, you know, uh, you can get into that hidden folder there, JJ. I bet you uh, you didn't know you were spending three or four hundred megabytes of your memory on Candy Crush Heroes. No, I didn't. So if you run in Windows Run shell colon apps folder, it'll open up a new folder there. And you can like see a whole bunch of hidden stuff that they didn't huh. they don't tell you is on this computer taking up space. Interesting. Crazy, right? And so if you if you, so Candy Crush is probably there for you. And if if you then type Candy Crush into the search with that window open, it will come up in the search and you can uninstall it. <laughs> But you can't uninstall it from there because that's a protected folder for because of their weird new mobile thing they've got going on. Hmm. This is also where they install. Um, this is also where they install games from the Windows Store. So I finally have the ability to get you an answer to your question about what type of apps they are. I think maybe. Oh, I'm like 98% sure that they're UWPs. Okay. Well, I thought if I clicked on this specifications link, it would give me information, but it doesn't. So never mind. I shouldn't have done it live. Punished. <laughs> well. We are punished. Again I, didn't, for... I didn't do research. Anyway, I'm pretty meticulous about how I install stuff on the computer. So it's been kind of a fun, it's kind of like therapy for me when you move from an old computer to a new one. And I, I always do a fresh install. I don't move drives mm-hmm. over, even if I'm going to reuse the uh, the same SSD, which I didn't, obviously, in this case, because I moved to an M2. Um, I always do a fresh, clean copy of stuff so I can delete stuff that I don't want, etc. Yeah, Your I computer will usually, gets clogged up. I will usually... Uh, what was I thinking of? Um I will usually end up moving secondary drives. So like if I had a drive where I'm just storing a bunch of like videos or whatever Mm -hmm. stuff on that, that will move. Right. But the the drive with the OS, yeah, I don't tend to move that one. Okay. I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's totally fine. You know, and like getting everything back where you like it or or saying you didn't quite like how that worked before and trying to find a different way to do it. It's kind of fun, I think. Um I may I may have to rearrange my office now because of the computer. <laughs> mm. The connections are on the opposite end of where the computer used to be. And if I want to look at the window of the computer, it kind of just I would I would have to flip everything around. I think we'll see. Mm. We'll see. I don't know. There's maybe there's a better way to do it. I haven't decided yet. Um, so yeah, after a day of doing installs, uninstalls, reinstalls, moving games over, everything else, I think, I think it's a beautiful machine. It's working nice. We're going to test it tonight. I have the most important question to ask you and you're not allowed to tell me that's a personal decision. Are you ready? Uh, uh, Okay. Yeah, I guess. I'm very concerned now. Uh, I'm ready to clean up my filing system, which is an inside joke. You have to go find the video. 
after this podcast and hopefully it's you know a few days later <laughs> okay maybe i should tell the people the joke because the, the video's not coming i'm ready to clean up all these boxes from the install how many boxes do i keep what boxes do i keep which things are we worried about breaking that i might have to send back for warranty uh so probably at this point uh you don't because you don't need to keep all the boxes to send them back for warranty, right? You just need the well, even the parts have the serial numbers on them, right? Usually they'll have stickers or you know, like a little tag or something on them. So, you know, in most cases, you don't need to save that stuff if you end up getting a warranty mm-hmm. problem. The fact that they have booted up and it works means you're very unlikely to encounter that at this point, right? You would have seen, you know, the stuff that you you are most likely to encounter and they will actually likely to fix. You haven't really you're past that now, right? I would believe so. Yeah. So I what I typically end up doing once everything more or less works. uh, I keep one box, usually the motherboard box, because it's the like most open because it's just a giant like tray for holding stuff. Mm hmm. And then I take all the extra screws, all the little like wire, extra connectors, Molex things, whatever, all that stuff. And I stick that thing in there and then that thing goes in the closet. That's usually what I keep. And then the rest of the stuff all gets tossed. You're a wise man. I didn't think about using the box. I was going to use a plastic bag. The box makes plastic, more sense. A plastic bag works. Um, you know, it's just like one place to store a bunch of like random cables and stuff that you might need related to that computer. I also have like old computers uh that i'm not using currently um like uh cases for them mm-hmm. and you can store stuff in those too uh, that's also an option if you wanted to store something in there i i'm excited that my next project after this is taking the old computer and ripping it apart um i've never i've either upgraded a machine until it's done and then i sell it to somebody as a whole part right like mm-hmm. here here's my complete old computer do with it what you will after I take the hard drives out of it and, you know, but they can, right. you know, this one, I'm finally doing the thing where it's like, you know, computer parts last for quite a long time if you take care of them. So I'm ripping that one apart to make a, uh, a small family desktop out of, which will be kind of fun. Yeah. So I won't uh, have a whole computer just sitting in the closet for no reason. Well, for but you, but you might have months. a case. Right, that's true. The old case. Uh, it's an ITX so, case. I'm not, you know, but there's I space it. in there. Like, yeah, it's you know, it's, it's empty, and you could that's fill true. it with cables and junk if you needed a place to store that stuff. Good if point. If you don't, of course, you know, get don't rid do of it. <laughs> yeah, the box is smaller than the case, so you know, I mean, that's the <laughs> yeah, yeah. If that's what you're worried about, there. Good point. Good point. Yeah, I, I try not to keep too much of that stuff. I like I could pack rat and feel like I need to keep all that stuff. Yeah, um, you know, and as a younger not, person, there's no. Yeah, it, I definitely did that in the I past. I did it because you know when you're moving apartments, you want to keep the box for your computer so you have something to move it in later. Well, or, when I traveled, uh, when I moved like long distances, I disassembled my computers into like individual boxes because I didn't trust that the moving company or in some cases myself could move it without damaging it. Oh, wow. So like I would take the video cards out, you know, you leave some stuff in there, stuff that's not going to break off or whatever, but like pull all the hard drives out because they weren't secured. Well, in a lot of cases in old computers, pull all the like, uh, you know, Ram out and the, 
uh, leave the CPU and that stuff in there, but like take the video card, take the RAM, the stuff that comes out easily. Right. Um, and then just transport like essentially a motherboard, a cooler and a box. <laughs> and then the rest of the stuff can be put in individual little plastic things or wrapped with newspaper or whatever and transported separately. Right. Um, I don't think that's a good idea these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, you know, quite a few years ago at this point that I, since I've done that, um, but the bigger ones for me actually were monitors, like transporting monitors is really hard because I like big monitors and yeah. transporting a big monitor is a big pain. I've got two 27 inch monitors now and I'm kind of like, I'm staring at the boxes for both of them going, it sure is a lot of space in my house taking up with something I may never use because this yeah, monitor you, is 1440. Unless I get toss to those cables or toss those boxes, man. Like at, at this point, like you're not going to pack those monitors and move them. Right. right? Yeah. And if you're going to move them, it's like you're moving the monitor to a different place in your house mm -hmm. or you're selling it to someone at which point you can just set the monitor on a table and they can come take it, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> at that point. Right. Or you set it outside and they can pick it up or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the, I, you don't need those boxes. Um, yeah. Good advice. Thank you. That's welcome. So <laughs> I was hoping to hear. Okay. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Uh, as the last game I played on my old computer, do you want to hear a little bit about state of decay two? Uh, state of decay two or state of decay. State of decay two. Okay. So State of Decay is done, I believe. State of Decay 2 is available through Game Pass for PC. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's exciting. My I initial think. my initial response to you saying like, "Oh, I want to test out like, you know, the graphics and stuff on this." I was like, "Pretty sure State of Decay came out like 6 years ago. Not sure how much of a test that is." <laughs> but State of Decay 2 is like pretty recent. It came out like a year or two ago, so. Uh yeah, I think it it just had its second anniversary, actually. Um, okay, so a couple of years. And Ken, uh, from the podcast, by the way, <laughs> is a big fan of that game. He's been playing it since it came out. It's zombies, of course, so, you know, he's really into it. I'm kind of... I panic shoot at lots of stuff when I play that game because it runs, and I don't like stuff that runs. Personally speaking. Anything that runs... Gee, nothing. I don't like. I I saw a mouse today. It ran. And I didn't like it. Duly noted. Yeah. If you want, don't want Andrew to like you. Just run around don't, him. Don't freak. Yeah. Things that freak me out. People running around me in circles. Apparently, you have to run around him in circles. That seems <laughs> you, these, these conditions are getting harder. Um. I don't know if it's the game or Xbox. Or something. I, I'm going to have to try another multiplayer game through their service. We've played MCC, though, and we... Halo, that is. Halo Master, Master Chief, Collection. Chief Collection. Um, Through that service, too, right? We're, when we do multiplayer, it's through Xbox? No. Well, so... Okay, so here's here's what's happening, right? A game that gets installed from a storefront. Okay. But the multiplayer... A man and a woman love each other very much. No, I mean, this is not that complicated. Okay. The multiplayer servers may or may not use that storefront's servers. 
right? So if you connect to the servers for a game, where those are and what services those touch don't necessarily have to be the same as the storefront you bought the game from. Absolutely makes sense. Got it. Now that does, that generally is the case when you buy a game on a console. Mm -hmm. So your association of like, we're playing the game on Xbox, by which you mean Xbox Live, the multiplayer service. If I was on an Xbox One, there's no other option, right? Right. Although Microsoft has like talked about allowing other things or whatever, no one has done that to okay. my knowledge. But when you're on PC, multiplayer servers are just servers on the internet. Your <laughs> PC can connect <laughs> to whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, and as long as they're meeting the rules of the uh, yeah, the storefront, right? The storefront, they don't care what servers you connect to after that. If you want to, they will allow you to host uh, your multiplayer games on their servers, right? There's okay. probably money involved there or something. I don't know. Got it. Um, but Microsoft's a big company. They don't need that. They got their own servers. <laughs> so I'm sure that the game just connects to that. And so like, when you say, like, we're connecting through Xbox Live... I mentioned well, like kind of, yeah, but also kind of not because I can invite you through the Steam interface, and it doesn't, you know, I don't have the Xbox app on my computer running ever. Right. I'm so confused I, as to how this works because when we play Halo, there's no lag that I've run into. Unless you you've played more multi than me, but I have not run into lag. Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen any lag at all. State of Decay 2 suffers from horrendous lag sometimes. We'll be I I don't get seasick. I do not get seasick. But there are moments in that game where we'll be driving in a car uh and all of a sudden the car will lurch backwards about 8 or 10 frames and you'll be going back through the same area again and my stomach does a flip. So two things could be happening there. Number 1, uh you're whoever you are playing with uh has a real crap connection that's possible <laughs> uh and therefore the game does this thing called rollback right okay where where basically like it's keeping track of the state and like it's predicting what you're doing but if you do something that it doesn't predict it has to go back to do what you actually said mm. and that may mean there is some amount of frames it has to back up in order to, like, not cause you problems. Got it. And, you okay. know, the, your computer is rendering so many frames ahead or whatever mm -hmm. because that's how f that stuff works. Sure. But if it gets so bad that the, like, the connection or whatever you're doing is so wildly divergent from whatever it thinks or the connection is so slow or whatever, eventually at some point the the displayed frames are just now wrong and it has shown you the wrong thing. And it has to go back and show you the right thing. <laughs> uh, and so you get stuff like that. Right. That's generally a sign of bad netcode. Okay. It's really not the fault of... Well, it is the fault of the game, but it's not like the... It's not something you can fix with, like, better settings. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible can, the netcode's bad. I don't know. I don't want to blame it because I don't know what's causing it. Right. Well, I don't I mean, have like that, a sample size of like I've connected with other people or whatever. I've always connected with so the like, same you know, people to play the game. So like, you know, what frame rate are you running the game at, right? Are you running it at 60, 120, 144? Right. Yeah, I think it's locked that around stuff, 60. Okay. So that stuff makes a difference, right? Mhm. Mm In terms of how far ahead it's trying to predict. Yeah. But then also there's a whole bunch of you know, like what's the latency between you and the server? 
is it a server game or is it hosted? It's right? a host like, game, I think. Okay, so then you're talking to I, their I computer. I think. I think. Like, well, so like, you don't know. So like, it, anyway, well, there are multiple host times it says it multiple times it says waiting for host when you're trying to do something, and I assume that's what it used to mean when it said host. Where well, somebody so was hosting what that, it, but it could just mean nah, the server. That's not. That's, yeah, that's not necessarily what that means. That I, also yeah. might mean the person who started the game has to click a button to say okay. Right. Exactly. That so also, there's no and, way to know what that means. Yeah, so you know it's possible that it is a hosted game, and so you're waiting on their computer, and your connection between you and them is slow. Uh-huh. That's possible, or their connection between them and you also, you know, same way. It's you know, internet and network stuff is really hard. <laughs> so no kidding, you know, yeah, and I don't, I don't like throwing my weight behind saying something's wrong with it because I don't know how that stuff works. Um, so, so I will say though, generally that thing you saw where it like lurches backwards and like shows you, like that's a it's like a networking thing, almost a hundred percent. Like there's very little chance, like you getting more Ram or like tweaking the settings on your end or whatever can fix that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that to me, when I say that out loud is so far the biggest issue of playing that game. Yeah. You definitely need a bigger sample size here. Yeah, of course. And, and I I don't play it. I don't play it solo because I don't really enjoy that setting in a game that much um just uh it's like it's very sandboxy i would say is the right term right you just to give you a rundown what you do you get a group of survivors there's really no there's no story per se they added a story mode i guess this past year to the game if you really want to do one which basically takes the sandbox mode and gives it a finite ending but it doesn't make like a super duper story out of it. It uses the same things that are already there. What you do is you have some survivors. They survive as the zombie apocalypse. You go find others. You build a base. You go out into the world and collect materials. You make the materials to build the base. Your people uh-huh. get your people get, get better. You know what I mean? I got it. It's, you level up and then you win at the end. Yeah. You, you could. You don't really win, right? Uh, for example, Ken has been playing it for two years. He's got the same characters. He's still playing the game, getting more stuff for those characters. And until they add new items to the game, he kind of just, uh, I don't, spinning his reels is the wrong term, but you know, it's like a treadmill kind of game a little bit. Uh, it is a management game where you are managing everything. You have to manage the resources all the time. Look at you. All sorts of different things. Look at you coming up with the right word every single time. I do. I love it. It's fantastic. It's a management sim in the or, zombie or, apocalypse. Or, or perhaps it is a plate spinning game. No, it's fact, definitely not a trying plate to keep, spinning game. Uh, maybe. To keep 15 different plates spinning at the same time without having them all crash. I would say it's a more of a management game because it's not like you have to... It's Nothing seems to be dire. Like, okay. The, okay. Food, yeah, the food thing is dire. And if you're... If your people get infected, you have to go out and make medicine and that's relatively dire although you have time um there is permadeath in that game so if you lose a survivor they're gone forever but i'm sure you could get more survivors thousand percent there you can go recruit as many as you want really right you know uh so like the difference between management and plate spinning is that like if you stop spinning the plate it crashes and breaks (laughs) whereas like if you don't manage it good your numbers get in the red but it's not like you're immediately like kicked out of the game right you can you you can lose 
in this game. Of course, it sounds right? like, yeah. um, you know, eventually you're, if you're managing bad enough and your company goes bankrupt, they eventually like fire you. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it, plate spinning, you lose very quickly and then everything goes to heck <laughs> management, you know, ah, okay. Steady decline. Maybe, right. um, yeah. you know, or, you know, upward trend and all of a sudden you're rolling in. Yeah, Ken's very much the upward trend guy. If I say while we're playing, like, my 22 is out of bullets. All of a sudden, he's behind me dropping stuff all over the ground. It's like, I didn't ask for Molotov cocktails, but thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. If you're into, like, management sims and zombies, this would be a good thing, I think. Well, Andrew. Meh. <laughs> the, the service works. A... The service yeah. works. Yeah, that's it's, that's what's important. Here's the you know what here's the most and this is the last thing I'll say because maybe we should talk about something else. Yeah. Uh, it works to do the thing that I wanted it to do the most. I am playing an Xbox game with my three friends. This is a four player game that are all on Xbox and I'm on my PC and we are connected and playing. A are game. they def- are they definitively on Xboxes? They are all three on Xboxes. Okay. Yeah. So then, you know, and that's a thing that Microsoft has allowed, right? Right. By allowing yep. their consoles to connect outside of the console space, which is right. cool. Which is cool. More games and, to do it. Why not? And I can do that through a service that at maximum costs 10 bucks a month, but currently costs five. Uh, and I, I'm pretty sure you could do it without paying for the service at all and just buying a copy of State of Decay. I However, wonder. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, dude, yeah. you could. You okay. could for sure. Okay. okay. But like, you know, but you you wouldn't have bought State of Decay because no, I would never buy like the game, game as you mentioned before. Right. right. Yeah, I would never buy. It. But All if right. it's a part of a sub and I can play others, anyway, we've been over that before. Yeah, yeah, we're moving on. Okay, Andrew, let's let's talk about managing again. We're oh, about okay, cool. Stuff. More management. I like you know yeah. I like the management part of it. I play Civ. I like management. Andrew, you like Civ? I do. What if it was in space though? Uh, Alpha Centauri was apparently not good, and neither was Civ Beyond. Oh wait, hold on! I think people liked Alpha Centauri, the actual game Alpha Centauri. Do you mean like Alpha Centauri? No, it's been a very long time. It's good. It may Beyond Earth was not good. It, you know, it's one of those games that changed games, but I don't know that I could play it again. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I loved playing Civ Two. I don't think I would do that to myself again. Yeah, I know. I played the Sim genre City. has changed so much. You know, I know. I played Sim City the original for days, days of playtime. I did would never play it again. I played so much Sim City two thousand. Yeah, same. I that tried playing it again. It. You can install it on Windows. It actually plays. It's all I right. have it. I have it on multiple accounts. It's fine. Anyway, it's fine. Right, so, so, so space though. Space is good. I like space. I want a sim of management in space that is modern okay. and enjoyable. Cool. So what <laughs> if it wasn't turn-based, though? It's a lot of caveats before I find out what we're talking about here. What is it? It's not turn-based? Yeah, what if it's not turn-based? So the last time I played a Civ-style management game in space, it was turn-based, and I think that was either beyond earth or empire at war for the star wars one so yeah so, beyond earth definitely turn-based yeah uh empire at war i'm pretty also sure is yeah. i haven't played that game so i'm not sure but anyway what if it was just like an rts basically rts's are good as long as the computer can't destroy you 
because and, uh, you're a human and you have too many things to look at. If you're playing by yourself, you can pause. Oh, okay. Can you queue up orders while you're paused? Uh, in most cases, yeah. Um, if it has a pause feature and I can queue up orders, that's good. Yeah, so you can definitely do that. It's the like game I'm talking based. about is is Stellaris here. Uh, Stellaris. I have seen a lot of people playing Stellaris because of the amount of time we all have, supposedly. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I'm pretty sure you own a copy of Stellaris because you got it for free at some point. They've given it away for free so many times. I I'd think the... Uh, is this, um, this is a... Uh, par- no, what's Paradox? This is, yes, this is Paradox a Paradox game. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they, they, uh, they do that. Because Stellaris in, probably has a lot of um, DLC, maybe? It does have a lot of DLC. That I probably didn't get for free. So that's the, nope. that's the thing they're trying to do. But you know what, Andrew? I'm here yeah. to tell you do you need that dlc <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's not civ it's I mean, not civ where do. i would say absolutely you need it you know what i i haven't even completed one game i already can't tell what the dlc would add because there are so many systems already that i don't understand like what do, what do you need the dlc for i don't get it yet uh, okay <laughs> uh so you know th- these game this game is in the grand strategy tradition mm-hmm. of like other games like Europa Universalis and uh, Hearts of Iron and these kinds of like military sim games. I like military although, sims. Uh, although this one is I'm more, more like, used to them in like the uh, the tabletop setting. Yeah, so they make games that are like that, but for the PC as well. Mm-hmm. And some of those are turn based, some of them are not. Uh, this one is not. Okay, and it is a uh, you know you got your like speed levels you get your normal speed you're fast and you can just increase it if you want to fast forward or whatever mm-hmm. uh and, and like i said you can just pause at certain points um cool. and you know it's like it's you get your days you get your months you get your hour or your you get your days you get your months and you get your years uh as like units of time and stuff can just take a really long time <laughs> You can. It's like you start this research project. It takes a thousand months. Ooh. It's like oh. Okay. And what's the time conversion? Oh, like like how long is it? Is day an hour a minute? Like what is what in real life are you looking at for? Uh, if you hit normal, the days will tick by like a day every few seconds or something. Oh wow. Okay. So like, it moves quick, but like a thousand months is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, a thousand months. I don't know if I'm going to live another thousand months. And so, you know, um, that's, yeah, you'll, you will. No, because 10 months is almost a year, right? So a hundred months would be 10 years. So a thousand months would be a hundred years. Uh, you know, probably close to like 80 or 70 years, maybe after you count all the extras there. Okay. 70 years might do it. But like, you know, yeah, it's a long time. Ah. Um, the lifetime you know, we're work. talking about we're talking about space here space is big yeah do you have faster you know, than light travel uh you yes uh it, you can travel between star systems on like predetermined like hyper lanes they call oh, right them. got it uh-huh so like you know each system is connected to other systems via these like various lanes or whatever and so you can move that's how determines how you can move uh you can upgrade your ships you can uh individually change weapons and armor and generators and sensors you can right. change individual components on your ship 
You can change fleets. You can change the various like organization of your fleets. Cool. Each world, each world that you have settled has like buildings and districts. You mm-hmm. have to have each districts produce different things. You have to manage all the resources your districts produce. You have to manage happiness. You have to manage population. Oh gotta my! Manage housing. Oh gotta my! Manage crime. Oh my god! Gotta manage empire sprawl. <laughs> you gotta manage. Like fleet levels that are allowed. Eventually, they form like a you know like a galactic senate, and you got to manage the other races' proposals of stupid ideas they want to they want to propose. You got to like manage the fact that like your neighbors don't like you sitting next to their star systems. I like that. You got to manage the fact that there's like five hundred million like little tiny things on every single planet. You got to survey all of them. You have to like build stations to mine the resources on some of these planets, <laughs> and sometimes you got to build stations to get the to mind the research uh-huh it's like there are so many there's like an infinite amount of things you can do and you have to be doing them all at once as time is ticking away <laughs> time keeps on ticking it is into the future it is both very stressful and then all at once like doesn't matter is eventually you just learn like oh i can just ignore this like it doesn't right. matter actually sure until it does matter <laughs> oh no all of a sudden it's bad it's like, oh, okay, like you you have a government and your government has all these policies and you can set them. Oh, it takes all these 10 various... months to build a ship. Oh no, we're being yeah. invaded. Yeah, and then of course you you realize like, oh, after this research and all of a sudden it takes one month. Ah. Oh, now I have enough resources that I can like click up and queue 500 ships and it'll just sort of spit them out one every like 10 days or whatever. Wow. Um. Oh, all of a sudden like, Oh, the leader of my my you know empire has died. There's an election now to figure out who the next leader is. Is there a is there a personality? All the various factions that are trying to vie for this because they all have different policies and they want different right. things. So in Civ, Civ to me suffers from something, uh, which is that the leaders themselves, while they may be personalities, quote unquote, uh, the civilization has unique buildings and unique units and you learn which leaders are either aggressive or non-aggressive and while they have these like new hidden agendas or whatever the agendas mm-hmm. don't affect the game that much you well, kinda... some of them do though some yeah. of them have the agenda that's like i want to take over all the land near me and then that can affect you pretty bad yeah uh but, yeah possible. you know like it, it is and typically they don't right typically their agenda is like I want religion all the time or like I really love horses or something. Yeah. Trades for paintings. <laughs> yeah. I love culture. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. So to me, when I get in the middle of the Civ game about halfway through, after I've learned who all the Civs are, they kind of become faceless other entities on the map that I have to hmm. suffer through when they ask me to give them stuff for free. Don't you want to give me a thousand horses for one gold piece? Yeah, sure. That's a fair trade. Uh, does Stellaris being in space have even less of that? Is it just literally like a well, so I, open I, world and everyone's alien I, or what? How does that work? Well, I mean, yeah, everyone is aliens, right? You but, choose to play as humans. That's no, I know, I know, I know. But like but. alien is in the other and you don't, you don't really have like a connection I mean, to can, them. I mean, I can tell that my neighbors are militant isolationists and okay. they really hate 
dealing with aliens and they would like to be left alone and they will fight you if you try to like talk to them or send them envoys and stuff too much fair yeah i know that my the other neighbors are a corporate bureaucracy and they really really want to be my friend and annex all my planets (laughs) into their corporation right uh which i don't want and then the third race that borders my empire are like a galactic like fallen civilization from the before times who are like insanely unbelievably powerful, but their only ethos is we observe and do not participate. (laughs) So like, you know, there's like, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a bunch of like, uh, random space amoebas flying around that are like hostile sometimes, but other times not. Uh, I passed through a system that had a giant void cloud flying around inside of it. It's attack power was like 32,000 and my ships were like 1000 at the time. Wow. Uh, it's the game is wild, man. There's so many things going on. Nice. And every time you think you know what you're doing, all of a sudden you're like, how do you declare war? <laughs> it's really hard. There's like a lot of stuff you have to do. You have to make claims. You have to try and figure out why yeah. you're going to go to a war. There's You have to have reasons for it. Right. You can't yeah. just do it, you know? Yeah. You know, it's I really. Tough. I don't know if we have time for a whole Civ discussion, but real quick. There needs to be way more punishment for surprise war declaring and for spies in that game. Because in the middle of science victory, I'm literally just killing a spy every time I hit enter. And there's no ramifications, no grievance, no nothing. And then to try and get me to stop from winning the game, they just declare surprise war for no reason, even though we were on friendly terms. It's crazy. What, is that? what are they supposed to do? You're going to win. I know. I know. They sent the spy. You killed the spies, or you captured the spies. I did. You can had ransom the spies. spies back to them for diplomatic I, I, power. I did. I just held them in prison because I didn't want them to be able to build more spies. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for you, they can build the spy when you have it in prison. Okay. So. Well, hopefully, it takes them twelve more turns. You know. But you can sell the spies back to them for like minerals and stuff, which can be useful. Yeah. Didn't need them. I won anyway. Okay. Genghis Khan in space, baby. Got him. Hey, if you have a cool Stellaris story or uh, want to hear more about our PC build for stuff we didn't talk about, where would you do that? You could send that email to podcast at weweregamers.com. Podcast at weweregamers.com. We want to hear your cool stories. Absolutely. We're also on the internet. You can find this podcast on YouTube. Uh, check out We Were Gamers on there and subscribe to us and like listen, watch that sweet video of us building the computer soon. It'll be, be there soon-ish. Yeah, it'll be up eventually. Just mm-hmm. check out. It'll be there. Trust us. This podcast will be there. All the podcasts will be there. Uh, you could watch the component classes and learn about what each of those things in that computer are. It would probably help. There's some Star Wars content coming. There's I'm, I'm excited maybe, for that. Maybe there's maybe a game video coming. Some portal. There's lots of stuff. Keep your eyes Very out. Very exciting. Very exciting times. Yay.